Slow is not usually our favorite word to hear. It seems like a negative word. A lot of us don't like to say the word no. And not saying the word no can get us into a lot of things we would rather not be doing. Matthew 5 verse 37 tells us, Let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, be honest. Don't say yes when you really want to say no. People struggle with this concept. God does not. God is love. We all know that. And he very often says no. <clears throat> In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul tells us about a thorn in his flesh. Now, in the beginning of chapter 12, he tells about visions and out-of-body experiences with the Lord. <clears throat> Paul is walking with the Lord. He is doing his best at everything that the Lord has asked him to do. But he has a problem. A thorn. Growing up, my brother and I and all of the cousins would stay at our granny's house during the summer while our parents worked. We never wore shoes and we played outside all of the time. We became very well acquainted with stickers and thorns. They were such a bother and would keep us from the full freedom of running the entire yard. There were certain places we knew we did not want to go barefoot. This is not the type of thorn Paul is talking about. <clears throat> it was not a literal thorn. It was a problem that would not go away. Paul tells us that he prayed three times for God to remove it. Think about that though. Paul. This is Paul that is praying. The one that people would take his handkerchiefs to sick people and they would be healed. The one who was stoned and, and probably to death and was resurrected. The one who sang praises in prison and caused an earthquake and the chains to break. That same Paul prayed three times for God to relieve him of this burden that was placed on him. Some say it was failing eyesight. Some say it was health problems or depression and loneliness. I am not a theologian. And if the experts don't know, I certainly don't claim to know what it was. But I understand this, that Paul wanted this thorn to go away. And God said, no. Have you ever been given that answer? I remember when my mother was diagnosed with lung cancer. It was such a shock. She had never smoked. She was a good Christian woman who served faithfully in church. We knew that God could heal her. And we fully expected him to. I think sometimes faith-filled people struggle with hearing the word no more than others. I believed God could speak the word and the cancer would disappear. I knew he was able and had absolutely no doubt. I fully expected at each appointment for the doctor to come in and say, well, we can't explain it, but the cancer is gone. I fully expected that. I had no doubt that God could heal her. But that never happened. God's answer was no. We had something in common with the Apostle Paul. 
Remember, we said God is love. His answers are always dripping with love as well, even when he says no. Look again at 2 Corinthians um, chapter 12, verse 9. It says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Because the answer is no, because he is allowing this thorn to be a part of your life, we have a promise to experience God's grace and power in ways that others will not. We certainly did in our situation. I think about Job. Surely at some point, he asked God to intervene and stop the devastation. But God said no. Job lost his wealth, his children, his health. Even his wife turned against him. And yet, God's grace is made known through his answer to Job. How many people in the Bible had an experience with God making himself known to, like Job did? And we see at the end, Job was better at the end than the beginning. There was a loving reason for the no. <clears throat> I think about the prophet Elijah. When exhausted and deeply depressed, he asked God to take his life. To let him die and escape the trouble and turmoil in his life. Now, I must point out that Elijah had never not had a prayer answered when he prayed. That's probably not proper English, but when Elijah prayed, things happened. When he prayed for it not to rain, it didn't rain for three years. When he prayed for the rain, it rained. When he prayed for fire to fall from heaven, fire fell from heaven. When this man prayed, things happened. He was a man full of faith. And so, when he prayed to die, he fully expected to die. He wasn't whining. He wanted out. <clears throat> he was done. But God said no. How do we see the grace and power that God demonstrated through that no? Because he lived, the prophet Elisha became his understudy and performed twice the amount of miracles. Not only that, but get this. <laughs> Elijah prayed to die, but Elijah never died. God took him up in a whirlwind, in a fiery chariot. And to the best of my understanding of the scriptures, Elijah will be one of the witnesses in the time of the Great Tribulation. Only then, when his purpose is completed, will he be allowed to die. And even still, he will be resurrected for all to see God's power. It was a loving answer of no, because God had more plans for Elijah. I think about the prophetess Anna. The Bible says she was widowed after seven years of marriage. Most Bible scholars agree she probably married around the age of 14 or 15, meaning she was widowed by the age of 22 with no, tw no children. By the time we meet her in the nativity story in the book of Luke, Scholars say most likely she is around 105 years old. Anna never married again, never had children. 
And this is purely presumption on my part. But as I think about it, and I think about how important a husband was to a woman's identity in that day and time, how important a husband was to her safety and her provision, I speculate that Anna at some point in those 84 years asked God to send her a husband. And the answer was no. Because of her status, she spent all of her time at the temple praying and fasting. 84 years of it. And how do we see God's grace and power demonstrated through that no? Anna was in the temple and recognized Jesus as an infant, as the Savior of the world. It wasn't the priests and the religious elite. They didn't have a clue. It was Anna. It was her special gift. And we read about it 2,000 years later. We're reading about Anna. Think about Mary and Martha. Their brother Lazarus was very sick. They sent for Jesus to come and heal him. Now don't forget the hospitality and the kindness they always offered to Jesus. They always invited him to stay at their home and served him and, and was, were, were faithful friends. So they sent and asked him to come so that he could heal Lazarus. When the word gets to Jesus, in John chapter 11 verses 5 and 6, it says that Jesus stays where he is for two extra days. He stayed there on purpose. He said no. What was the loving reason for the answer no? God's grace and power was made known through the miraculous resurrection of Lazarus. They were chosen for a special purpose. When we receive no for an answer, when we are living a holy and righteous life, and asking in faith without wavering, but the answer is no, be assured that the reason is so that we can experience God's grace and His power in a way that otherwise would not be possible for us. I asked for my mother to be healed. The answer was no. How did I experience God's grace and power? Well, I learned how to lean on him when my strength was spent. I learned that he was always with us. When the cancer spread to her brain and the hallucinations were more than we could bear, the medicines couldn't help, and I would be at my wit's end, and I would start to sing in the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, Troubles vanish. Hearts are mended in the presence of the king. Before I ever finished the chorus, her screams would stop and her hands would be lifted in praise. We experienced his presence. Literally felt it. And the best part was she was healed. My prayer was answered. She was healed forever. I saw her face when she saw her brother in the room that had died 40 years earlier. She told me he was there. And I held her hand as she left this world. And peace 
absolute peace replaced the pain and anguish on her face. God's no became a wonderful yes to her. She was invited to enter into the joy of his salvation, and she gladly accepted. If you have prayed fervently and the answer was no, let me encourage you to embrace the grace and power that is appointed unto you. Consider how his grace and power is being demonstrated in your situation and rest in knowing that no is a loving answer from a loving God. And the end is always, always better than the beginning. God bless you.